Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM. Elijah, thanks so much for your time. Welcome to Update at Noon. Sakina, good afternoon. Thank you so much for having us. So, with regard to the first day of the academic year for coastal provinces, what has been the department's observation? Well, in the majority of the places and in the majority of the schools, uh, things have gone well. We have received uh, millions of our learners who had been waiting to see the classroom for the first time this year following the first cluster of provinces which opened last week. So we are relatively happy with what we have seen because uh, in the majority of the areas, uh, things have gone fine. Of course, we know that those areas were the challenges. So... In terms of the number of schools that were not able to open today, has the department been able to consolidate that, uh, Mr. Mslanga? We are currently doing that. That's why the deputy minister is out. The MECs are also out. We're trying to get the numbers because uh, we, 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 we had information, but we had not uh, finalized all the figures from all the schools. You only know when everyone is back in school. Remember also that uh, some schools had not opened completely. Uh, because of the damage, the free state and parts of Kaiser and, and uh, some parts of Eastern Cape as well. So today is the day when everything is going to be reconciled. So by late afternoon, we will know exactly the number of schools that could not open or those that partially opened because of the damage that took place as a result of the heavy rains. And what about those schools that were affected by uh, looting and theft, uh, incidents that would have occurred uh, perhaps earlier uh, before the new year, as it were? Yeah, that's an unfortunate uh, pattern that we are starting to see in this country where every time when schools are closed, people uh, break in and take whatever they can find. Um, We're working with the police in that regard, but we will try to recover uh, from that loss. Uh, usually it's the food items that are stolen and ICT equipment as well that gets stolen. But uh, we are going to have a full assessment of what the school principals uh, have found and they will report to the districts and then the department in the provinces will try to uh, ensure that they recover from this. Some schools do have insurance for the equipment, others don't. So we'll have to work together with the district offices to establish the true nature and size of the damaged cost so that we can get uh, those schools back on track so that they're not left behind because that's always the problem. When some schools are left behind, um, it it creates an unevenness in terms of uh, curriculum coverage in the schooling system, and we don't want to see that happen. So somewhat concerning, Mr. Mthanga, when you say that some schools have insurance, others don't. Whose responsibility is it to ensure that the school does actually have sufficient cover, insurance cover that is for its facilities? School governing body. So is there any regulation that uh, stipulates that they should, in fact, have that cover in place? No, they have to make a decision whether they, they need to insure anything. And uh, some schools are able to make that kind of decision. That's why we always emphasize that parents, please participate in your SGPs so that they can be fully functional and have those subcommittees that can look into different areas in the, in the affairs of the school, such that all those uh, gaps are covered and that in terms of insurance, safety, and the general uh, environment is, is, is safe for your children's uh, uh, education. Mm. So we, we hope that uh, parents... And uh, those are the people that are co-opted into the SGPs who play their part to make sure that the schools are fully functioning.
Mr. Mflanga, given the backlog in infrastructure and uh, the realities that some schools face where they are unable to even collect any sort of fees from learners, is it not in the department's best interest to ensure that those schools that cannot realistically take out insurance for themselves because you would have access to their financials, um, is it not in the department's interest to actually do that on behalf of the schools? It's in the department's uh, interest to make sure that each and every school governing body understands its legal duty in terms of the South African Schools Act and that they create those parent associations, they activate uh, their fundraising initiatives and uh, they do those extra things that they need to do because each and every school has a funding allocation for the different things that they can do. You will see a school refurbishing its corridors or refurbishing its roofs or buying new furniture or doing these things. So it's, uh, uh, it's prioritization. They need to know what goes in first and uh, what uh, should not happen. Mm. We see many schools, they partner with uh, private businesses in the vicinity of the school and they're able to get the support that they require. And they do amazing things, even in rural areas. It's really about management, whether the school principal that you have in place has a strong school management team, which has a strong uh, uh, relationship with the school governing body, and they have a very good working partnership with parents and the general community, and by extension, the businesses and other organizations in that area where the school is located. If you have that, um, in, in full operation, then you're more likely to have full support for your school because when you do that, you'll see even the performance of the school will improve. Indeed, but that uh, obviously in an ideal world would be fantastic, but the reality is, uh, Mr. Mtsanga, that the schools that we are talking about, for example, uh, that have been looted, uh, some of the schools uh, that uh, we saw in the past also getting burnt down, who then Buries the, who then carries the brunt of having to restore that? Is it not the department? Well, it is that immediate community because in every case, the perpetrators are members of that very community. The police will ask around for people to bring evidence and no one comes forward. So what must happen in that situation? Sakina, we create our ideal world. We have seen this happen in many provinces, in many schools, in many communities where there's a very close working relationship. In some parts, the taxi associations themselves, they say, we will work with you if we see a child walking to school. We'll take that child ourselves, drop them off at school because we don't want to see any child not being able to reach school. So it's that type of partnership that you need where the community policing forum works in close collaboration with the SGB Association. We've also seen in some instances where people were protesting coming to schools and the SGB and parents would, would go there and block access to those protesters and say, go protest somewhere else, leave our education alone, let our children go to school without any hindrances. So it's those types of things that need to happen everywhere for us to say, yes, we are seeing an improvement in the way people are taking education. So it is those things. So we cannot, uh, we cannot say the department must do this and do this and do this while people are there and they have a responsibility in terms of the law as well to take full responsibility for the future of their own children. So we need to inculcate that spirit of responsibility. You need to take charge of the community where you live, including the school. It cannot be vandalized while you look and you do nothing. It cannot be that the police are asking for assistance, no one comes forward. 
It cannot be because it's your children that will suffer at the end of the day. So we need to work together. We need a, a, a partnership that works. And you can only do that if parents respond positively when they're invited to meetings and come in, in, in huge numbers so that they can show interest. When they do that, the kids will also see that their parents care about their lives. Ms. Mthanga, we're going to leave it there. Basic Education uh, spokesperson Elijah Mthanga. And we join now on the line by the South African Democratic uh, Teachers Union. That's uh, SATU's General Secretary, Mukwena Maluleke. Ms. Maluleke, welcome to Updated Noon. Um, good afternoon, uh, Ms. Akina, and uh, thank you for having us. Uh, there will be a little bit of sound because I have just uh, pulled over on the road because I was trying to do a meeting. I, I just want to apologize for that. Appreciate that and uh, appreciate you making the time. So, uh, Mr. Maluleke, how has Satu observed the first day of school in uh, the coastal provinces? Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we have just received information from our leaders that are really are going to school and check in case it ends. Uh, things are not looking good, uh, except that a majority of the schools have been able to open. However, those have been affected by the flood and those are affected by the community uh, protests could not open their doors today. Uh, it's unfortunate that uh, in those particular areas where the, the, the community are protesting about their own community issues, they have really threatened the teachers and the learners, and therefore they could not come to school today for the first day. Uh, in Northern Cape, we also have a situation where about 43 schools have been vandalized, and therefore that means our children cannot proceed with the education on the first day. And there's a little bit of problems around the uh, online registration. I think there's a bit of a confusion, and we're trying to resolve that particular confusion around the online thing so that uh, those learners uh, do not lose the second day uh, of schooling tomorrow. Uh, in the Western Cape, we also have a problem of about uh, 2,000 to 3,000 learners. In other words, 400 in the grade one and about uh, 2,800 to 3,000 uh, grade eight who have not been placed as yet. And then working very hard to making sure that the officials work with the parents to admit those particular learners and so forth. In housing as well, they've been able to address, but the schools are saying they are full, full, full. They don't have extra classes since 2019. They've been calling for extra classes so that they're able to absorb the number of learners that are coming each and every January in housing and so forth. So the coastal schools uh, have now begun to also experience a problem that housing has been experiencing. The Eastern Cape, uh, things are also not that well. Uh, majority have, have opened their doors, but obviously they've been affected by the damages that they've occurred in the schools and so forth. So, yes, um, the problem is now the teachers. Uh, the department has not uh, employed the, the additional teachers that have been sought by the principal in anticipation of the numbers because of the, the use of the online system in these new provinces, and therefore they will be requiring that the teachers must be in front of the learners by tomorrow, which is highly impossible and therefore are uh, also unconstitutional because every learner in the classroom must have a teacher. Mr. Maluleke, looking at uh, the fact that you have now uh, gotten a bit of a snapshot of what's happening uh, around the country, what, to your view, are some of the main challenges going to be for the system this year? The system is also going to continue to be experiencing a problem of infrastructure in terms of how they accommodate the learners. 
uh, in the schools because the schools that are built in the rural areas were really uh, not really built for accommodating this number of learners because parents are beginning to really get out and send their children to school because the education is free, in particular for the quintile one and two. So infrastructure is going to continue to be a problem. The other problem that the society must stand up and deal with it is that we are going to experience a problem where uh, throughout the country there's going to be a problem of the substitute teachers not being employed. There's going to be a delaying tactic by the department and they will not be coming clear and say they don't have money, but they will be raising other problems. Now, I want to say the problem is going to be money because there's austerity measures that have been put in place and provinces are running deficits and therefore they are not going to be able to substitute, and that must not be accepted because the Constitution is very clear that basic education, each and every learner, they must be a teacher in front of that particular learner. So those are the two major problems that we're going to have. And obviously when I talk about infrastructure, it includes issues of classrooms. Classrooms are not enough. We need to have more classrooms and so forth. But it also includes sanitation, part of the infrastructure. The issues of dignity, you cannot continue to be having schools that are using pit latrines and we need to speed up the process of really get rid of those particular pit latrines and then so that we can have dignity of our students and our learners in our schools. Mr. Maluleke, thanks for your time. Uh, Satu's General Secretary, Mugwena Maluleke. Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM.